Hello everyone, welcome to episode 23 of the Depressed Breakfast Club. Today we're going to be talking about pets and your mental health. How pets uplift you when they're around and how it affects your mental health when they're no longer with us. A variety of topics is going to be interesting interesting talk today so join us but before we go any further as always we're not medical professionals uh anything we say on our podcast is strictly our opinion and our opinion only um please do not go off your meds at any time if you are on meds if you feel like you need to be on meds reach out to a medical professional And if you are having a really, really bad time, Joyelle's going to give you some phone numbers. Joyelle? Yep. So if you're feeling suicidal or you feel like you need to talk to somebody, you can call the suicide hotline in Canada at 1-833-456-4566 or you can text 45645. And in the U.S., you can call 988 or text TALK to 741-741. So please, if you're feeling suicidal or you just need to talk to somebody, reach out to these numbers and they can help you. And on to Taylor. Good morning, everyone. Uh, As always, just a reminder, our email is depressedbreakfastclub at gmail.com. We also have a Facebook page under the same name. We'd love to hear from you guys. And we've been... Pretty good at being active on that thing and responsive if anyone texts or messages on there. Felt old, as I said, text about messaging. Um, for today's quote, I found one that I think will kind of kind of fit with it. Uh, the empty place in your heart is the surest sign that you loved your pet dearly and gave them the beautiful gift of a full and happy life. And that kind of makes me feel better about any of the times that I've had to. I've had dogs basically all of my life. And that made me feel a little bit better about the fact that it's like, okay, you know what? I did give them good lives when they were here, but it's never fun. Like my least favorite part of owning pets, even over the training stages, because those are not fun by any stretch of the imagination. It's always the having to put them down in the end like that. That just completely destroys me every time. And just like, breaks a little fraction of my my tiny little soul off and it goes just travels with them because they it never wants to leave their side <clears throat> and i know you girls have experienced that too because you're all you're all pet owners yep so um i'm a cat person um i'm not saying yeah. i don't like dogs i used to have a dog um i inherited when my brother went to hawaii my kids fell in love. Dog sat his roommate's dog, and two weeks later they came home and they went to take the dog with them. And my son stood at the front door and broke his heart, and I inherited the dog. You stole their dog. <laughs> no, no, they brought it back. <laughs> As I called my brother, bring the fucking dog back. <laughs> 
bring the dog back now. <laughs> um, Chelsea was a good dog. We um, so she was with she was with uh, Trish for about fourteen years, and she was um, part Beagle, part Saint Bernard. Yes, a, a beautiful combination. She literally had the coloring of a beagle the size of a St. Bernard. And she was the most gentle dog you could ever possibly want to be around. I'm just but, trying to picture the hookup. Right? I'm trying to figure out how that worked. <laughs> I don't want to figure out how it worked. It's not in me to figure out. It happened. <laughs> It's like all those a higher being let it happen and Chelsea (laughs) is what we got. (laughs) You're just sitting there looking at and you're like, How did you what kind of romance plans did you set up? You're like, here's this horse of a dog and here's this beagle. They're gonna go together. Great. (laughs) How how did that logistic work? (laughs) So And yet it came up with a great puppy. (laughs) We we had Chelsea for about a year and a half. Before uh, we had to make the decision to put her down, her hips were shot, um, yeah. and our back our back door goes out onto a deck that's six feet off the ground. So anytime she had to go outside, she had to go up and down like thirteen steps, and it got to the point where she couldn't do it anymore. So we had to put her down, and I was sad. I was sad, but it didn't break me. Now, I had Lestat at the time, mm-hmm. and Lestat was given to me in December, November. It was the end of November of ni- of ninety six, nineteen ninety six. I know, <laughs> and. His baby picture's still on the fridge. And I had him until October of 2012. Holy hell. And when he died, he died on Sunday, Sunday night. Yeah, Sunday night, early Monday morning. We were on afternoons. I thought, I'm okay. I can go to work. (laughs) Until I picked up Tammy, (laughs) because I drove her to work that day. (laughs) And she got in the car, and she was already crying, which set me off. By the time I got to work, I was like a, a puddle. I was a literal mess. Mm-hmm. Like I'm, I'm sitting in the cafeteria and people are looking at me like I just lost a parent. <laughs> I had to go into the office and talk to somebody in HR because I, I knew I couldn't stay the day. Mm-hmm. And uh, I ended up talking to uh, Joe Mamarella, if you guys remember. Oh God, Joe. Yeah. Joe called my supervisor in. My supervisor comes in. I'm like literally. <laughs> Bobbing, and I'm trying to like get out and I'm like Lestat died and she's like who's Lestat your brother <laughs> and she's like hugging me and I'm like my cat 
<laughs> and she was like, go home, Joanne. <laughs> <laughs> She's like, just go home, Joanne. And Joan looked at me and he's like, don't worry about it. He goes, it's not going to be a sick day. He goes, we're going to put it as an unpaid grievance. Mm-hmm. And and it it got me th- I I went home and my mom was like I knew you couldn't do it and I'm like you're right I couldn't <laughs> and the next day like I I went to work the next day and I was somewhat okay I won't say I was okay I wasn't I was I I wasn't okay for a very long time mm-hmm. but I I went to work and Joe came up to me like he found me out on the floor. I was in, uh, I was on uh, Team D and Binning, and uh, he comes up to me and and he's like, "Is everything okay, Joanne?" And I'm like, "It will be, Joanne. It's, it's gonna take some time." And he says to me, he goes, well, "Don't worry about it." He goes, "We're not gonna take a sick day from you. We're not gonna take any of your PTOs." He goes, "We're we're 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 just gonna code it as an unpaid." Um, grief day um, where somebody in your family passed away but it wouldn't be a day that you would get paid for so like he goes not like a parent or a child or a mm-hmm. grandparent or a sibling he goes we'll just say your uncle passed away and you were distraught I'm like, well I was distraught but okay you're like I'll do yep that sounds good so when when you brought up this topic, Taylor, because mm-hmm. Lestat was Lestat was your baby. Oh yeah, absolutely. Until Sam was born, and then he that he, sounds like such a good cover. Like, and then I had kids. They're my babies no, too. <laughs> no, 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 no. When Samantha was born. Lestat quit being my baby and he migrated over to Sam. He would sleep under her crib at night. I never had I never had a baby monitor because if she rolled over in the crib, he was on my bed pawing my face to wake me up to let me know she was getting ready to wake up. Damn. He, I I like I'll, I will show you ladies pictures later. I have pictures of Sam like maybe a year, year and a half old, sitting on the couch eating Timbits. She's biting the donut and Lestat's on the other side of the of the donut biting it. Aww. Or she's sleeping <laughs> on the couch and he's draped across her. Aww. He was he became her absolute protector mm-hmm. until she got old enough. And then he came back to me. And then he started sleeping on my pillow and he slept on my pillow up until the weekend he died. But it was wow. just so funny that when Sam was born, it was like, listen, lady, you can still say I'm your baby, but I got to go watch this one now. She needs me more than you do. <laughs> He's like, I must protect the hairless kitten. It's got no fur. It's going to be cold. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> He's just like, I think it's defective. There's no fur. It makes this god-awful crying sound. Wake up, there's something wrong with it. So when when we were discussing topics about men, like mental health and, and you had mentioned about pets, and I thought, you know, 
absolutely, because there were times where I would be like, and before I knew that I suffered from clinical depression, I would be sad and I didn't know why. And Mm -hmm. Lassant would come over to me. It was like he recognized that I was on a low and he would like nudge me and sit on my lap and purr or like mm-hmm. try to lick my face type thing to to kind of like bring me out of it, right? Mm-hmm. So yeah, like mental health and pets walks hand in hand. Oh god, and, yeah. And then when like after he died and and I had that discussion with Joe, it was almost like when you when when you were telling me about the topics you came up with and you were like, should you get a day off if you lose a pet? And I was like, oh my God, you know, Joe Mamorella did that for me. Mm-hmm. And I was so thankful. I think about the people at Vistaprint who lost pets mm-hmm. that ended up taking vacation weeks to get over it. Yep. So, yeah, I, I I would absolutely support an unpaid day, like the, like the day after or the day of losing a pet, mm-hmm. an unpaid day off yep. that, that you could have to mourn the loss of your pet, as long as you can prove it happened that day. Oh, exactly. Or the day before. Mm-hmm. Don't come in and say, you know... My pet lizard died 12 years ago, and I'm sad. It's, yes. Uh, that's not going to fly. I, it, yeah, I know. completely agree with that. And like you, Joyelle, when you lost Minnie, mm-hmm. would, would, you have a, would you have appreciated that day? Like, uh, I know it would be an unpaid day off, but would you, would you have appreciated knowing that you had that day? To mourn her instead of having to call in sick or whatever you did. I think I booked it off because um, only because I had booked putting her down. Okay. So I knew what day and what time it was going to be at. So I had booked the day off to spend so I could spend her last day with her and then have her put down so right but i agree because pets are like family oh they are especially like think like how long a pet lives like look at how long lestat lived and minnie well she didn't live quite as long she would but still 13 years um that's a long time yeah like day in and day out and especially like people that don't have kids or that like not only don't have kids, but are single and really just rely on the companionship of a pet. Yep. And that's so I, I definitely think, cause it definitely plays <clears throat> mentally on you. And especially like, like it's devastating when, if you like find them, Pass mm-hmm. away, but also like having to watch them pass away, having to make that decision 
to put them down and then have to watch it is heart-wrenching. It's emotionally draining, mentally draining. So if you had the choice, would you... Would you want to book the appointment to know when you're saying goodbye? Or would you just want to, like, come home and find them already gone? I honestly would have rather found her gone. Because I'm going to (laughs) cry. That's okay. <laughs> you cry out. This is the animal one. I fully expect it for any of us. <laughs> when haven't we? <laughs> yeah. There's that too. <laughs> it's, it's such, um, you put off the decision. You don't want mm-hmm. to make it. Absolutely. Um, you, th- you don't know if you're doing the right thing. Mm-hmm. Um, you question yourself after, during. And uh, so, yeah, I think I'd rather her die naturally on her own, because then you know that um, it was meant to be, and that she was, it was her time. Yeah, so with Lestat, he had been at the vets for a couple days because his potassium was low, and they had him on IVs. And uh, Dr. Jim had called me on Saturday morning and said, you can come pick him up. You can you can take him home. He seems to be okay. We got him to eat, blah, blah, blah. So I went and I picked him up and I brought him home and he was having trouble walking. And he just, he went into the bathroom and he went into the linen closet. So, at the time, my linen closet was neat. (laughs) There wasn't as much shampoo and shit on the bottom (laughs) the floor. And um, he kind of curled up in the towels in there. So, I made him a little bed, and I I got him food. And he wasn't eating. He wasn't drinking. And he, he, he peed. He, he, like, he just peed on the bathroom floor. Like, he, he couldn't walk. He was, like, dragging his hind legs. I'm distraught. I'm crying. Oh, My brother's no in Texas. I put a thing out on Facebook, and I said, you know, I, I think my cat's going to die tonight. Mm-hmm. Would any of my friends want come and spend the night with me? And not Nobody showed up. I would have been there in a heartbeat. Um, Lori and Randy came over to say, to like hug me and and visit, but like they couldn't stay, but like nobody, nobody came over. And I, I, even though Norm was here, I felt so alone. He lived through Saturday night. Sunday, same thing. I was feeding him super wet cat food mixed with Pedialyte. 
through a syringe. Like a... Yeah. Uh, a certain squirter who didn't have a needle on it. And, uh... I just, I just, I kept doing that. I'd go check on him every 10, 15 minutes. I'd sit with him, pet him. He was purring. He seemed okay. And then Sunday night, he tried to come out of the bathroom. And I picked him up. And I wrapped him in his blanket. And I held him. And he died at about 1 o'clock in my arms. And it was... I didn't know what to do. (laughs) He just let out this big meow. And his paw came up and touched my face and he died. Oh. (laughs) And, uh... I I called Michelle... And I, she answered her phone. It's like one thirty in the fucking morning on a work day. <laughs> like, I knew she had to get up for work on Monday morning, but I called her, and she answered her phone, and, she, and I talked to her. And the two of us just, like, fucking cried on the phone for a good 45 minutes. <laughs> and I took him to the vet the next, the next morning. My friend Ann came over. And she drove me to the vets, and I picked out an urn, and I had him cremated. And I brought him home, and he, even now, it's 2023, He's he'll be gone 11 years, and he still sits on my bookshelf. Mm-hmm. And his sister Oreo is beside him. I've never had to make the decision to put them down. Like, I I said to Norm, if Lestat doesn't get better by Monday, I'll call the vet and I'll take him in. But it was almost like he heard me say that and he's like, nah, we're going to do this my way. <laughs> Since I'm going out my way, you're not going to exactly. do it any other way. My terms, lady, not the vet's terms. <laughs> Screw that guy. And with Oreo, it was, Oreo was the strangest thing. She was five years old. She was a happy, happy cat. She was literally my cuddle buddy every morning before I went to work. She had to lay on me. She rested her head on my boob and her (laughs) body wrapped around my stomach. And she slept for a solid 30 minutes. And then she was fine. She was good the rest of the day. But she had to have that cuddle time. I I was on afternoons. I came home from work. I always said hi to the cats. And I said to Norm, where's Oreo? He's like, I don't know. I haven't seen her. He goes, I haven't seen her since I got home from work. I go, what the fuck? You know? <laughs> like, seriously. You're missing one of the kids, God damn it. Hours. And uh, I'm like, we'll start looking for her. So... I'm like, look under our bed. He looks under the bed. He goes, I can't see her under the bed. We're looking all through the house. He's like, maybe she got outside. I'm like, oh, my God. She's like the most feeble, meek cat you could ever want to meet. She she was like black and white and just a big ball of fluff. Mm-hmm. She weighed like seven pounds. All the other cats would eat like her alive. Weighed, but looked like she weighed 20 because she was all fur. 
he's outside walking up and down the street. I'm like, I can't see her being outside without wanting to come back in immediately. I look under my bed, and there she is. Dead. What the hell? I find her. Brendan's in, in the bedroom with me. I'm crying, and I'm, I'm cuddling the cat. He goes out, and he tells... Tells Lauren that I that I found her. I take her to the vet the next day, and uh, I why'd she die? And uh, he looks at her and he's like, I can tell you right now from from her eyes. He goes, she had a brain aneurysm. Oh. What? <laughs> what the fuck? You could have knocked me over with a feather. But I I. Again, I'm like, okay, cremate her, please, but not with the other animals. She used to be alone. I want her ashes. Put her in an urn. She's going on the bookshelf beside her brother. It was just so strange. So two pets two pets that I've had in my adult life, I've never had to make that decision to to put them to put them down. It's always been Either like for Lestat on his terms, and for Oreo, a fucking medical medical thing like nothing you would ever suspect. And that's what the doctor said. That's what the vet said to me. He goes, "You never would have known." He goes, "You never would have known." Oh God, no. So it was, I've it was, had to make that decision twice now. Oh. I know others that have had to make the decision, like Anne had to do it with charcoal. And again, I, I did the same thing, and I did it on holiday pay. Mm. It was the Easter. You know how uh, Christ? Well, because she works at Chrysler, she would. They always got the Friday, Saturday, Sunday, Monday off. But we 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 got Good Friday, but worked Easter Monday. I called in Easter Monday to go with her to take charcoal to have him put down. Because, number one, I didn't want her driving alone upset. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, I, I was told I was foolish because I gave up my holiday pay for that. And I'm like, no. I was there for my friend. That's I was just going to say, <laughs> that that's worth it. Like, So for me, in my short lifetime, I mean, my grandparents had two dogs. I remember growing up with two, but I wasn't as close with them, whereas I had my dog that uh, was a giant bouvier that oh. um, my great-grandma, uh, Grandma Honey, got my mom because I was born basically Mother's Day weekend. In 92. And then my mom knew like she was never going to have kids again. She wasn't supposed to have me in the first place. But uh, Grandma Honey had asked her. She was like, well, I know that you don't want like you're not going to have any more kids. But how about a puppy? I bought you a puppy and took her out to the farm. And my mom grabbed the runt of the litter who would become known as Akila. And she was my puppy. She went with me everywhere. We grew up together. We were attached at the hip, like, 
she would have lasted longer if she hadn't tried going up and down the stairs. But I lived on the upstairs level uh, of our house. And it was about, I want to say it was like a 13, 14 step thing. And uh, her hips, because of the issue with the big dogs, big dog breeds are the hip dysplasia. And that's what got her in the end was that she would just sit there crying at the top of the stairs. She'd try going up the stairs and fall down them. And I was about, I was 11, going to be 12. So she was almost 11. When my mom asked me one day, she's like, okay, do you want to know when we have to put her down? Like, do you want to know? And I blubbered so hard, I vomited into my shoes before school. (laughs) My mom was like, okay, I won't let you know. I'm like, no, you have to tell me. She's like, okay, kid, but you just vomited. Like, It's just like, okay. So a couple weeks later, she's like, okay, I've made the appointment. We have to go put down uh, Keela. Like, she's gotten too bad. She just stands at the bottom of the stairs crying all night long, wanting to be up with you. And I cried, but I didn't vomit this time. Um, so I'm like, okay, I want to go. So we went there, held her pause while she's being put down, cried like a fucking mess. And uh, so started the the tales of putting puppies down. So that was when I was about, I think, 12. And during that time, uh, my mom's new boyfriend had gotten her uh, chaps, the little wiener puppy. And he was the first boy dog that we ever had and uh, had him. He was a little shit disturber, fell in love with him. About a year after that, we got him a wife, Denny the one who had the horrible breath that I was telling you about that was good enough to kill anyone. So with Aquila, we knew it was coming. It was planned for like, we knew a week or so in advance when we planned it. So we kind of did all the, like give her her goodbyes, um, let her eat whatever she wanted to eat kind of thing. Like here's all the treats. You're the bestest puppy here. Have all of the things. Um, whereas with chaps, I felt guilty when, um, we had to put him down because I had ended up in the hospital with gallbladder issues. There were stones in there and um, I was hospitalized for, I think a week, if I remember right. And he had been fine before we went in. And when the thing was the day that we got back from it, um, I got home and I looked down and there's chaps just, panting not moving touched him his ears were cold he was whimpering he couldn't move so had to turn right back around right back out the door rush to the um uh the vet to find out that his kidneys were failing that he had gotten diabetes and for dogs there's no cure for that you can try putting them on drugs for the rest of their lives but he was already Trying to think, I think it was already like 12 by that point. Somewhere around there, roughly. So he was already fairly old. Like he was older for a dog anyways, and we didn't have the money for it. Insulin so, sh- sorry, insulin doesn't work for dogs like it does for cats. It does to a certain point. So cats can actually recover. They can actually fully recover from uh, kidney issues, as we found out. Dogs can't whatsoever. Ah. There's it's just a permanent, once it happens... They're on that for the rest of their life, and it's no guarantee that it'll work. 
Oh, okay. Because Anne's charcoal had uh, diabetes. That's why I asked. I didn't I, know. I didn't know that it was a thing. Like, I just assumed, because obviously in humans, unless you get a new pancreas, you always have diabetes. So you just control it with that. And they said, yeah. But with cats, you can actually recover from it. Whereas with dogs, they just, they don't. It's like, yeah, you just kind of keep going with it. And you have to keep a very close eye with it. It's like, oh, okay. And it wasn't going to be cheap to do it. So it was like, all right. Blubbering mess as I was driving there. And then had to impromptu put him down right then and there. Got him, in our cases, we always get our animals cremated and brought home. So we have a little, like, um, a little death table in the dining room it's where all of our dead people are death table <laughs> we have Aquila, we have chaps we have papa with his two puppies at least mine are on the bookshelf <laughs> they like being in there they get fed food and they get to look out the window and we talk to them every day so we did it that way and then denny mama and i both feel or have had guilt over we don't feel as guilty anymore but hers was, a, again, a sudden death um, because it was when Mama had gotten sick the first time and I was taking her to and from the hospital. And I noticed one of the days I was like, I pulled like blood away from Denny's nose and I looked at my mom I'm like, what the fuck? I didn't know dogs could get nosebleeds. She's like, I didn't either. So I Googled it and Google said the only way dogs get nosebleeds is if they have a brain tumor. And I was like, well, what the fuck? And my mom was like, I'm sure it's just from the dry air. I'm, I'm sure it's okay. And I think it was like two days later, we came home from one of her hospital trips. And Denny wasn't at the front door to greet us. And that was when I knew something was wrong immediately. So I went racing through the house to find her just sitting on her bed. Her tongue just drooped out of her mouth. And her eyes just shaking from side to side. So I immediately picked her up. We took her to one vet. He was like, oh, yeah, it's just, she's just got an infection. She'll be fine. So he gave us some uh, antibiotics and painkillers. She was okay for a little while, but I kept on holding her. And the longer that I held her, the more I looked at Mama. I was like, something else is wrong. Like, she's not, she's not feeling any better. She's like, well, you know, it'll take time for the antibiotics. I'm like, no, like, she's crying. Something's wrong. So we got into, got my near-death mother and myself and my near-dead dog all into our little Aveo, hustled over to the 24-hour um, vet over on Walker, got there, they took her in, started running some tests, heard her crying out in there while they were testing her, and then they took us into one of the rooms, and we were already crying because we both felt bad, and they are like, okay, so if you want, we could keep her overnight, we can do some um, examinations of her. They're like, but just for overnight would be 800. And then in the morning we'd probably uh, want to run some more tests. And my mom and I had nothing at that point because she was not working. I was off on um, caregiver leave, which gives you no money. So we cried harder when we realized like, okay, so we're going to put down our puppy who we thought would be upset and, not make it long after her husband died but when we moved from the condo where chaps and her had been together to the new place that we had been at she had new life to her she ran around like a puppy she was completely great and then when we went to the house that i bought the death house 
um, it all just went downhill. So my mom held on to guilt for a while because she felt guilty that it was her fault that she was sick and that we didn't notice sooner that Denny wasn't doing well and that it wasn't only Mama who had been sick from there. So we had to impromptu put her down. And then with the last dog that we've had, he was a little asshole. He loved him. (laughs) Despite the fact that he broke my flesh every fucking chance he got when he bit me, he was just a raging asshole. And he got to the point where we had him for probably about three to four years. And we got him from someone else, a mutual friend. And they were like, okay, you know what? He's biting the kids. He's biting the other dog. He's biting my mom. He doesn't like men. And he's like, here you go. I was like, okay, yeah, he'll be fine with us. He was great the first few months. Then, you know, a couple times he snapped here and there. And then he got my hand and like literally bruised the hell out of my meaty part here. I'm like, oh, well, that's new. (laughs) And then he just proceeded to be like that. So it turned out he was an asshole. (laughs) Didn't matter. He was, it didn't matter just sex. He was biting you regardless. Yeah, he did not give two shits. He's like, oh, you? No, don't like you. You're not my mommy. Get the fuck away from me. So that turned into a rather large issue when it got worse and worse because he was home alone with my mom when I go to work. And he was guarding her like he was very, very protective of her. That was problematic, however, as we were like, okay, like we tried introducing different people in and some people he took to. And then other ones, they would talk and he would lose his mind barking at them and trying to bite at them. I was like, oh, okay, like he's he's the nice man. He's just trying to talk to mama. And he literally couldn't. One of the nicest men I know literally had to do turn in his seat, look away and not make eye contact with my mom because Lucas would lose his shit. He'd be like, (laughs) don't you talk to my mama. It's like, this is a problem, dog. This is a problem. And it got to the point where I couldn't put him to bed because we gave him the entire kitchen. Like, you've seen how big my house is. He owned the entire kitchen and laundry room. And actually, I think you met him the first time you came out here, I think. But um, we ended up having to, I was going to say donate him, but that's not the right word. Um, Give him up because he got to the point where he was just barking at anyone who came in trying to bite at them, biting at me, obviously, that was a given. Um, And he had butt gland issues. So we went around, we were calling around, they're like, okay, yeah, we found a couple places that they're like, well, if you've seen aggressive dog, then yeah, we'd have to put him down. And we were like, he's never not been aggressive. Like he's just been horribly aggressive his whole life. We were hoping that we could try and reform him. And we got lucky. We went to the place out in Essex And the girl came in. She's like, oh, yeah, he doesn't seem vicious. And then we took the muzzle off or he started to take the muzzle off and started (laughs) to bite at her. And she's like, oh, you're vicious. (laughs) Put it back on. It's like, yeah, see, told you. And it's like, he knows that something's wrong. But she decided she's like, I'm going to take him. She's like, you you guys are like uh, releasing him to us. We were like, you you want to take the holy terror? Like, I just told you, I'm like, I still have, at that point, I still had freshly made bite marks on my hand where he had punctured my skin again. I'm like, you want this? You still you still want this? Like, this is from him, biting. She's like, I think I can do it. We're like, if you think you can do it, have at it. 
Like I would much rather know that he gets a third chance at life and gets to live happily, hopefully. And as far as we know, we called her a few days later. We were like, hey, we're getting rid of some of his toys and food between crying bouts. <laughs> and uh, would you like any of it? She's like, oh, no, but he's getting along with all the other dogs. He actually likes my boyfriend. It's like, oh, like we're not going to call because there's no returns. <laughs> oh, jeez. So as far as we know, he's doing well. And we hope that's how it stayed. Yeah. But it's been difficult every single time in each scenario because it's been planned putting Akila down, uh, not planned for any of the other three. And it's just been, it's never easy no matter how many times you've been through it. It's not one of those things that you become desensitized to because I cry my little fool head off any time that it comes to either getting rid of an animal or having to put it down. Like the water, the waterworks that don't seem to open for much else. Suddenly you have an animal in harm's way and like, oh, it just, it sprouts out of everywhere. I'm not even sure where I get it all from, but it's all in there. I can't even watch like the movie Marley and me where they, they actually show the putting down of the dog. I cried in public. I was not happy. <laughs> I was so mad. I, I wanted to walk out of that theater right then and there. I'm like, there is no reason why you need to show putting the dog down. Could have just been like, oh, the dog had a happy life. Done. No. Fuckers. I've never watched that movie. Don't. <laughs> I probably won't. Mm-mm. Mm-mm. Even in Firefly Lane, in the episode where um, they they give the backstory about the dog, and then all of a sudden, I had just finished saying to my mom, I'm like, it's a 14-year-old dog. No way it's alive. And the fucking episode's dedicated to killing the dog. I'm like, I don't like this show. <laughs> <laughs> I'm done shutting her off. <laughs> I legitimately did. We finished it. I shut off that episode. I'm like, I don't think I like this show. <laughs> Get another movie. <laughs> I'm going to go over and watch Friends. That's what I'm going to watch because I need lighthearted now. Fuck that. <laughs> but don't they have an episode in Friends where they talk about when LaPou died? I can't remember if it's when he... Yes? That was Rachel's dog, right? LaPou? Yes, but they don't actually show it. They just talk about it in passing, and that's okay with me. It's oh, when they okay. show it. It's when they literally go into the vet, and they're like, okay, we're going to give it the shot. It's like, there doesn't need to be this level of realism to it. Like, <laughs> we don't need to traumatize people. What the fuck? So I'm very much against that. <laughs> but... It's hard, and, and like... Like you said, when when you have when you have mental illnesses like anxiety or depression, it can really really mess with you. Mm-hmm. That that sense of loss, that grief. I'd be curious to see. I'm not sure. I don't know if there's actually studies out there or not already. But I'd be curious to see if people who have like mental health issues, if we feel it more so than people who are deemed normal, so to speak, like, is that, do we cry more? Do we feel the loss more? Like, is it more poignant for us? Because they are such a big part. Like I look at my dogs aren't just dogs. They're, they're my first siblings. Like Akila was the best sister I could have ever asked for. 
she I knew that she loved me. She protected me. She saved me from my mom when my mom was pissed off at me when I was a child a few times. And I got that full name yelled at me. <laughs> Akilah literally hopped out the top of the stairs. Went, You're not getting to get the baby. Don't be. No, you don't want to be mad at her. Like, come on, like literally just pouncing from side to side. By the time that she got to me, my mom wasn't mad anymore. <laughs> yeah. So I'm like, I was extremely grateful for that dog saving my life. <laughs> I I believe I believe that animals are way 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 more intelligent than people give them credit for. Oh god, yeah. Animals are far more like I know there's more and more studies that come out every year where they're like, "Okay, yeah, we're now realizing that animals do know this or animals do know that." Like I just saw one, I think I sent it to one of you girls. Um, where it's explaining how it seems like the new generation of dogs are watching TV, but in reality, it's because now our TVs are actually working at a fast enough shots per second that they can actually see it. Like they see 70, was in, 70 frames per second, I think is how it's phrased properly. And oh. TVs, so yeah, and TVs are only at, are just now at 60. So now dogs and animals can be like, oh, yeah, we can watch this. This is interesting. Phantom loves watching hockey. Of course you would have a freaking hockey cat. <laughs> no, I'm serious. I, I have pictures and videos of her sitting in front of, like, Norm's little TV that's, like, close to the ground. Mm-hmm. And she's her head's going back and forth watching the puck in play. It's crazy. She loves watching hockey. She's weird. I love her, though. See, Lucas was like that, but he didn't care about that. You could always tell what he liked and what he didn't. He, I mean, he was like all animals. He was interested in other animals just to bark at them and be annoying. But then it would be like, I want to say dramedies were his favorite because he'd literally just be sitting there on the edge of the seat, just cocking his head from one side to the other, just watching along like, this is good. Shh, stop talking during the good parts. <laughs> like, um, dog, we're trying to talk to you. And he's like, shh. Talk to so, me. So, Joyelle, you've been kind of silent. I'm going to bring you back into the conversation, my friend. Um, <laughs> you have recently been the recipient of two new kittens. Yep. And so um, deadpan. Yep. <laughs> Taylor and I know that they that they have um, they have given you a run for your money when you first got them. <laughs> Litter-wise and bad breath. (laughs) (laughs) But now that they've been in your home for a little over a month now, eh? Um, Yeah, it's got to be. Yeah, yeah, just over a month about that, yeah. So, um... Seems longer. (laughs) (laughs) So, do you feel like... um, when you come home from work, do you, do you feel like, are you excited now to say, I'm going to go home and see my babies? Um, I, <laughs> that sounds bad. <laughs> I'm, I think I'm still adjusting. Cause so for the longest time, it was just like for the past, I think eight years or so, it was just mini and me so I just had the one cat right and I've never had two kittens at the same time I've had mm. two cats 
<laughs> but not two kittens. So it's a little bit overwhelming. Um, my other two cats were declawed, where now we know this is like a taboo thing. Yep. So these ones are not declawed. <laughs> and uh, so I don't know, like... I think because the stinky breath thing is a, is bothering me. So that's because you want to snuggle and love them and that, but it's like, God, your breath just smells. <laughs> <laughs> so that's the one thing. And, and two, I think I'm just still getting used to having two of them. Right. And I think part of me is still mourning Minnie a little bit. Mm-hmm. But, I mean, I think, I mean, they're, I love them, and they're adorable, and I love when they play with each other, because it's, like, the cutest thing in the whole entire world. Right. And they're very rambunctious <laughs> and stuff, and I'm starting to, like, get more used to them. I feel like it's, it, I don't know. <laughs> Oh, it's funny because I'll like lay on the couch or I'll be laying in bed and like you can't just pet one. (laughs) Like if one comes up, the other's got to come up and then I'm laying there and I'm petting two and I feel dirty. I feel like I'm in an orgy or something. (laughs) (laughs) Well, you you saw my post this morning on, on on the on the book. Yes. (laughs) Yes. <laughs> so I, I also posted that picture on our on our Facebook page, our our Depressed Breakfast Club Facebook page, because today's episode was is about pets. Um, I have three cats. I forgot about that one. Yes. I have three cats, and one is a large male. Smoky gray. Oh God, what is he? Um, what's this breed, Taylor? Oh, breed? I have no idea. Um, no. Cat. <laughs> <laughs> Holy shit! My brain just went on permanent vacation. He's a bangle. Jesus fuck. He's he's uh. He's a marbled bangle. He's big. He's a big cat. He's about 20 pounds. I have a little, and I I say little because she's about eight and a half pounds, a little torty. <laughs> she's got an attitude. Her <laughs> name's Felix. She's, she's, a, she's the oldest of the bunch. When Felix decides she wants to sit on your lap, you accept it with the good graces of all that is holy, <laughs> because it does not happen often. Mm-hmm. She will snub you. Like, she sits on the top of the stairs. Her person is my son, Brendan. She will sit on the top of the stairs and fucking howl down into the basement until Brendan starts coming upstairs, and as soon as she sees him, she runs away. <laughs> like okay, I've I've got him up here now. Woohoo! Off I go. 
as soon as he goes back downstairs, she starts howling again. It's like a fucking game to her. <laughs> she doesn't want you to touch her. Don't touch her. Oh, God, no. Don't pet her. Don't even look at her in her general direction. Resting bitch face on this cat is crazy. But this morning, she decided she wanted to sit on my lap. Hey, I'm okay with that. Come on, Felix. So she does her walk around, softens up my legs like the fat isn't soft enough. <laughs> and she lay and she and she she huddles down and she purrs. I'm not allowed to pet her because she'll leave. I can just look at her and feel her purrs on my as my leg vibrates. <laughs> Zeus was over across the living room on the rocking chair and noticed his sister was on my lap. <laughs> Not today, bitch. <laughs> comes fucking flying off the chair, gallops across the living room floor, jumps up on the on the ottoman and stands on my legs, sits down, turns his head and looks at me as if to say, what the fuck is she doing in my spot? <laughs> my cat's jealous. Mm-hmm. So I took a picture. I took a picture and I posted it on Facebook. I'm like, this is how I spend my mornings. I'm seriously, I'm going to write that book because I have have a sense of humor. So after I posted the picture and I wrote a little quip, I I put an asterisk and I put uh, latest excerpt from my newest book, How I Spend My Mornings. Cats feel jealousy. Oh God, yeah. Oh God, like Jasmine is is the worst. She like if Dakota <laughs> is getting any type of attention, Jasmine's yeah, mm-hmm. like comes galloping and has to like push her out of the way. Yep. And has to get right on in there. And I feel so bad because Dakota is more meek. And and quiet and she's not. I find she's also like she's smaller. Mm-hmm. <laughs> she's not really heavy. And the one day I was laying on the couch, and Jasmine's like curled up on my shoulder, and Dakota was laying like I was laying on my side, so she was like on my hip and that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I had my arm kind of like behind me, and I went to move my arm, and I for- totally forgot. That Dakota was on me, and I like swooped my arm and it knocked her. And she went flying right off of me because she's so light. And I was like, "Whoops! <laughs> Look, a cat knows how to fly now." <laughs> to be but fair, I, dogs I are just like them. that too. <laughs> I'm just getting used to them still. Yeah, and that, and they're well, when you when you go from having one. For like eleven years, to suddenly if you got you've got two rambunctious mm-hmm. toddlers, mm-hmm. like yes. what the fuck? <laughs> I get it. Yeah, I imagine it would take some time to to get used to, and they'll eventually calm down. Oh and, yeah, yeah. Like right so, now, it seems like they're now they're starting to get their jumping legs. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And uh oh my god, they go fl- I can't believe like when they're chasing each other and they go flying through the air. I'm like <laughs> absolutely 
amazed at like how far they can leap and fly. <laughs> you have and your that, own personal Cirque du Soleil. <laughs> yeah, and but now like they're they're starting to be able to get up into things mm-hmm. and discover things that they weren't before. So, but so do you? Even though you're still getting used to them, do you do you feel like do you feel a sense of joy to be around them? Oh yeah, breath and all. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, I do. I do, but I still I feel like I'm cheating on Minnie still. Mm. When when Lestat died, so he died October twenty eighth. Um, we only had Felix, and she was, she is strictly a Kimball cat. She very rarely eats wet food. So we had had, like, a lot of canned cat food. And I, I said to Norm, let's take it to the Humane Society and donate it. And it was, like, six days. After he had died, I didn't even have his ashes yet. And uh, we go into the Humane Society, and like literally the first fucking cat I see is a spitting image of Lestat. I'm like, I can't do this. The one lady at the Humane Society, she's like, Oh, honey, we're not gonna, we're not gonna put him down. I'm like, No, you don't understand. So I just lost my cat last weekend. I go and he. He looks exactly like him. She's like, I understand. Mm. She goes, don't look at him. Just walk don't by. Look don't at look at him. him. She goes, we <laughs> don't have any any others that look like him. Don't look at him. So we went into the Humane Society, and they have a little room in there where you can pick a cat, and you can spend mm. some time with it to see if you, you sort of gel with them. Mm-hmm. And it was – and the only reason why we were doing that was because – after Lestat died and Felix was by herself, Felix was only September, three and a half, maybe four months old when Lestat died. Because we got her, we got her, she was six weeks old, and we got her in, the, in August, no, uh, July, and then Lestat died in October. So she always had another cat around, and suddenly oh, yeah. he's gone, and she's pining for him. Oh. So we go to the Humane Society. We met with, like, four cats. I'm like, no, nah, no. Nah. I didn't have that connection with them. That warm, fuzzy, I love you feeling. And then Norm said to me, we, got, we get back in the car, and I'm like, like snot, snot and bubbles, and I, I'm I'm a fucking mess basically. <laughs> like, so we're not going to the grocery store. If you want to go, I'm sitting in the car type thing. And he says to me, he goes, "Let's just go for a car ride, okay?" Like, Fine. Can I have slushy? <laughs> <laughs> yes, slushies. <laughs> so we we end up. Um. Just in the subdivision that's past Les Bronx. That's just off of Tecumseh Road. There's a subdivision back there. Yeah. 
And um, we pull into this, like, fucking ginormous house. It's gorgeous. Pull it in the driveway. I'm like, the fuck are we? Norm's like, he goes, I didn't want to tell you. He goes, um, he goes, I know Humane Society was a fail. He goes, and he goes, I know you've always wanted a bangle. He goes, um, I found these people on Kijiji. They have two kittens left. He goes, I, he goes, if you want one, he goes, I want to get you a bangle kitten. Hindsight was 2020. I would have taken his sister too. She was gorgeous. But, um, we brought Zeus home that day. Aww. He was 12 weeks old. He came with all of his papers. He's registered with the Canadian with Canadian Kennel Club. He has a he has a a tag. But we brought him home, and he he was just like a minute big. But I hear I I understand what you mean, Joyelle. Like. I mourned Lestat, but yet I got I got Zeus mm-hmm. a week after, well, almost a week after he passed away. Mm-hmm. We got we brought Zeus home on uh, November second or the fourth, one of those two days. Anywho, um, so it was it was. I understand what you're what you're saying when you say I'm still mourning Minnie. Yeah, like when I came, when I used to come home from work, and I uh, like Minnie would be waiting at the door <laughs> for me, and she'd like twirl around and she'd be like mm-hmm. meow 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 and everything, and uh, and that, and like I come home here and you know, like I walk in the door and I'm like, hey girls, but they're not around. <laughs> <laughs> But that, you're that, either off sleeping or off playing. <laughs> so that that the the greetings may come as they get older and oh, yeah. God, yeah and and a little bit more docile because everybody knows kittens can be assholes or rambunctious. Yep. So you know <laughs> maybe in like like three or four months. Yeah. And after they're fixed and they've calmed mm-hmm. down a little bit. Yeah. I've noticed. I noticed that with Kim's cats. Where she, where you got the kittens from? Yeah, she, she's almost done. She's only got two more left to get fixed, and it's amazing the difference in them. Like you remember, oh, yeah. you remember when we were there? They were like fucking cray cray. Now they all just kind of like lay around. <laughs> <laughs> They're like we would like some chocolates. <laughs> so I think I think it's one of those things that. With animals, it's you got to take the good and the bad for the mental health where we all go through that point of anytime we get a new fur baby, they're never going to replace the hole in your heart for the last one that you've lost. Absolutely. It's just about bringing more love into your life. And for me, the reason why I love having uh, having pets is because. Anytime my favorite thing is when I would come home from work or come home from grocery shopping or just come home from a walk or like even mowing the grass. And they were always so excited to see me come walking in. It's just that complete unconditional love 
that they offer immediately and they don't expect anything in return. They're just literally looking at you going, you are my world. You are my everything. I and, think these two expect a whole lot. Well, that's because they're cats. Dogs don't do that. <laughs> Dogs they literally go food and they expect loving and they expect toys. <laughs> I gave my dogs toys and they played with none of them. I literally, I roll the ball past them. And the dirtiest look that I ever got was from my little boy chaps who just looked at me like, you go fucking fetch the ball. I'm not getting that stupid thing. <laughs> he's like, but you're a dog. You're supposed to play fetch. And he's like, I'm fat. I'm not moving. And just rolled back under his back and went to sleep. I'm like, oh, okay. But having animals to me is such a, such a tremendous uplifting thing for mental health. And I know that there's like, there's constantly reminders of the studies that go on about uh, if you're feeling stressed or angry, just having an animal, like an animal will instinctively know that you're not right, will hop into your lap and expect you to pet them because it releases the the happy endorphins as you pet them. So you calm down. If you're having an anxiety attack, they're like, okay, just hold me. I'll make it all better. And holding them and just petting them takes your mind off of it, makes mm-hmm. them feel good and makes you feel good. And it's just... All of that comes together to make it worth it. Like, yes, we may only have them for a short time, but it's so worth it. I would never not own a pet just because of that. Yeah. Well, you two ladies know, um, for the past year and a little bit, um, Phantom has been, has been, um, fighting cancer. So, um, last, last April, dear listeners, uh, last April, um, my, my youngest, my youngest, (laughs) my youngest fur baby phantom was diagnosed with, um, lymphoma in the stomach area. Um, so... consent from my husband because he's the one that works and makes the money in the family um with 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 the consent from my husband and my my willing to be the most hated person in her life we decided to treat her with chemo chemotherapy pill uh lucarin and um she gets that every other day and every night she gets a dose of prednisone it's been a year she had her her yearly checkup the beginning of may and um since then she has um she kind of has not eaten she's not eating she eats. She eats a lot. Trust me. She eats um, probably every half hour. She wants something to eat, but she's very fussy. She doesn't want leftovers. Don't offer her the same meal twice in a row. Plenty toity right there. And if and if you have a chicken nugget, she'll take that. <laughs> um, <laughs> She had lost a little over a pound in less than a month, and it concerned me. 
And I called the vet, and I'm like, I'm crying to the vet because I'm like, I, I don't want to think that my cat is starving to death. Mm-hmm. I don't want to think that she's in pain. I took her in. He checked her out. He's like, there's no sores in her mouth. Her blood works fine. Um, the cancer will cause the intestinal tract to thicken. And he said, and they saw that on her last ultrasound, that that her her stomach lining was thickening. So it could be just where she can't hold a whole lot of food in her belly at once. So instead of eating three meals a day, like a human, she's eating 12 meals a day, like 12 tiny meals. And and it's been interesting. And at one point, I did, and I even mentioned it to, to you ladies that I thought I would be facing making the decision of whether or not I had to put her down. Mm-hmm. Um, as it is, the vet isn't concerned with her weight loss. He, I'm not going to say he gave me, I had to pay for the medication. Cost me 50 bucks for 10 pills. And they're appetite accelerants. So they make All her hungry. Right. And, it's, and it's interesting because about 10 minutes after I give her the pill, She's a raging lunatic. Like, she comes at you, and, and this sweet little docile me- meow turned into a Tyrannosaurus Rex roar, and she <laughs> wants food. <laughs> <laughs> and, and at any given time, you can look at my counter, and I'll have four different cans of food open, because like I said, she never wants the same food twice. <laughs> well, of course not. So I have to mix it up. <laughs> Oh, yeah, that one, that's our, we'll have you this one this time. So, all in all, in the last year, she's had three ultrasounds, numerous, numerous rounds of blood work, and the leucarin and prednisone, and now the appetite accelerant. I it's cost us about six thousand mm. dollars to keep her alive to to and I'm I do it because she doesn't look like she's ready to go. Mm-hmm. She's still playful. She still swats at her brother when he gets too close to her, her spot on the couch. <laughs> she's still she's still. Phantom. Yeah. So, I don't know what the future brings. Like, six months down the road, it could be a total total different story. could be a different story next month. But right now, I'm, I'm doing what I can. We're doing what we can to make sure that she is pain-free, eating, and still part of our family. Yes. I think that's the important part is that if she's not suffering, like if your animal's not suffering and they seem to be okay, then that's really the important part is that they're clearly not at the end of their life yet. They're still enjoying life. 
Yeah. So it's not the right time. If they're suffering, then you know. Yeah, and I'm sure I'm sure Dr. Gill at LaSalle, at Front Road Animal Hospital in LaSalle, Ontario. Go see him if you have pets. Um, <laughs> shout out. <laughs> A little plug for my vet. Um, I'm sure Dr. Gill would absolutely tell me if he thought she wasn't responding. Like, I, like, I, I've had different vets through the course of, of my, like, Lestat saw Dr. Jim at Malden Road vet. When, when Phantom got sick, we chose to go to Front Road Animal Hospital because they're, like, three blocks away, and she does not like car rides, and there's only so much scene one can listen to in the car when the cat's in the carrier. <laughs> the cat's in the carrier and screaming a lot. <laughs> um I've never seen I've never seen a collective group of people who work in a vet's office respond to an animal the way that they have responded to Phantom. Like when I like usually it was Sam that was going in with Phantom because only one person was allowed in during COVID and I would mm, sit in the yep. car and wait. When I actually got the chance to take Phantom in and Dr. Gill gave her 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 checkup and did all of her blood work and that <laughs> to 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 watch this this professional who's supposed to be very unbiased when it comes to to his clients, <laughs> if you will. He comes in, he nuzzles my cat. He's, like, rubbing foreheads with her. He's kissing her on the top of the head. He's like, I just love you. You're my favorite. <laughs> <laughs> and then to hear the office staff, like, the vet assistants in the office staff are all saying the same thing. We just love Phantom here. If ever you didn't want her, we'd take her. So <laughs> 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 you're not getting the cat. <laughs> so it's just, it, it's a test to, you treat your animals good. Mm-hmm. Your animals are going to be good to you. <laughs> yes. And... I, I, like I said, I, I just, I, I, money is money. Yeah, I didn't go on a vacation this year because I spent all my money keeping my cat alive. That doesn't bother me. It doesn't bother me. Uh, hey, man, you know what? I'm glad you went to the Dominican. I'm glad you went to Mexico. I'm glad you bought a new car. I kept my cat alive because I'm an animal person and... Uh -huh. She's part of my family. I wouldn't kick my son to the curb if he came home and said, Mom, I have lymphoma. I wouldn't be like, hey, for your own meds, get out. <laughs> You're <laughs> done with, get out. When, 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 you call, when you call an animal family, treat them as family. Yes. So... If I may, on 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 that note, because we're probably going to wrap things up, I just want to do a little public public uh, public notice here for dog owners. 
I saw I saw something coming home on Thursday. I was on the expressway and I passed I passed an elderly gentleman driving. And um he had two dogs on his lap. Oof. And another one was in the passenger seat. So he had three dogs in the car. I know a lot of people that have dogs. And I know a lot of people that when the dog is a small dog, will let the dog sit on their lap while they drive. Or the dog's in the passenger seat with its head out the window. Or it's in the back seat standing up with its head out the window. And this is this is the, the part of me that is um, very angry. And this is why I want to address this. Every vehicle is equipped with a car seat tether. Whether you have children or not, every single vehicle is equipped with a tether to tie down a car seat. You can choose to tie down a car seat if you have children in a car seat. Or you can be a fucking responsible pet owner and tether your fucking dog in the back seat. Because you never know when you're going to get into an accident. And what is going to be worse? You hit somebody and your fucking dog flies out the window and dies? Or somebody hits you and your fucking dog flies out the window and dies? Would you let your children stand in the front seat while you're driving down the expressway? If you call your dog's family, then you will do the responsible thing. You will get them a harness and you will tether them down. End of discussion. Well, especially seeing as there's now, like, I got back in the day, obviously back in the day, people didn't tether themselves down. <laughs> but, <laughs> but now there's actual, like, you can easily go online and find dog seat belts for whatever breed that you have. And you literally just take them and it connects to the actual seat belt. So that way they are kept safe and don't, like, they still have freedom. They can still move around. It doesn't stop them from moving. It just stops them from being flung from the vehicle. Exactly. And I'm not saying that every time you go out, you're going to get into a, a car accident. The fucking potential for a car accident is there every single time you start your engine and drive on a road. You could be the best driver in the world. That doesn't mean Sally Mae, who's 95 and still driving, is good at good at doing it. Or Bob down the street who's been drinking is good at driving. People are idiots on the road. They speed. They go too slow. Look at that moron who stopped on the fucking expressway for a goose. He could have potentially killed how many people? You're on the expressway and idiots in Windsor are driving 130 on the expressway. Your speed limit's 100. They're driving 130. Mm -hmm. You come over a fucking hill and some asshole is stopped because a fucking goose is crossing the road. 
that guy behind you is not going to be able to stop. Mm-hmm. And he's going to hit you. And it's just going to be fucking car after car after car hitting each other. And what happened? The the 18-wheeler that was on the expressway couldn't stop. And he ended up sideways in the in the middle of the expressway. Now, he didn't have life-threatening injuries, but he still had to go to the hospital. I understand. I wouldn't want to hit a goose either. But if I'm traveling 120 on a highway and the goose walks out in front of me, I'm so sorry, Mr. Goose. There's no way I can stop safely. Mm-hmm. Now, what if the what if that person had had a dog in the car? Yep. What if that truck driver? Because you know you hear about truck drivers traveling with their pets all the time. Oh God, Long yeah, to keep them safe. Yeah. What if he had had an animal in that truck? Mm-hmm. Be responsible and tether your pets down. Don't risk their lives. You wouldn't risk yours. Why would you risk theirs? So that, that I'm done now. I'm stepping off my soapbox. <laughs> <laughs> now she's like, hold on, let me just climb on down this soapbox. <laughs> Get the ladder. <laughs> Hold on, jump. It's okay. There's a pool. <laughs> so now, because we missed it last week, and we're going to pick up again this week, because we ran out of time as we frantically tried to finish it up. So, Dana, what are you happy for or grateful for? I am grateful for uh, my husband, who lets me be, who lets me be me, um, I know I'm not the the greatest housekeeper in the world. Um, I'm not Chef Ramsay. I do cook on occasion. Sometimes I get tired of cooking and we order. Or we barbecue hot dogs. I love good barbecue hot dogs. <laughs> but he, he accepts me who, for who I am, how I am. Um, he's never, he's never said to me, I'm done. I'm not, I'm not going to allow you to continue with treatment on Phantom. This is ridiculous. You know, he's, he's 125% supportive. I, 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 well, you guys know, I call him IT. He, Uh (laughs) he's helped us with with this podcast. He is an IT he works for uh, Ford over in uh, Dearborn, Michigan. He is amazing. Uh, <laughs> but he is. He's 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 everything I, I could want in a partner plus more. Mm-hmm. And I I feel I feel incredibly selfish that I have them all to myself <laughs> <laughs> because I think everybody should have a norm. Like everybody should have a partner that is like norm. Honestly, they should, they should, they should, everybody agree. should have a norm. <laughs> so there, that that's what I'm happy for. That's and what norm. about you, Peanut? Um, I guess I'm grateful, let me see, for my two fur babies. Because <laughs> even though I still 
going through an adjustment period, and one has stinky breath. (laughs) (laughs) I do love them. And, you know, they are, I get to snuggle with them and stuff. Um, Even if it is at, like, two in the freaking morning and I got to get up at four. <laughs> That's when they love you the most. Yeah, <laughs> I, they're not asking for food. <laughs> I also, I just want to like, <clears throat> not only that, like, I just want to say, put this out there too, that I noticed that Dana had posted a picture of her, uh, for a couple of her fur babies on our, our website excuse me, or Facebook, mm-hmm. and uh, that, so I went ahead and posted my fur babies, and Yay! I think that, <laughs> like, everybody, like, if you're listening to this, like, just drop on to our Facebook page, and oh. uh, let's share our, our pictures yeah. of our fur babies. I, yes, I, yes. I said that, I, I, when I wrote out the little blurb with yeah. the picture, I said, post your fur babies, yeah. <laughs> I want to see your fur babies. <laughs> share all the fur babies. <laughs> share them all <laughs> share them all share them all now <laughs> and Taylor okay this is going to sound shallow but I don't care <laughs> I, it's not my magic fingers this time <laughs> <laughs> it's my tongue <laughs> that's for at the end of the month when we're like what are you grateful for I'm grateful for magic month. <laughs> <laughs> thank god y'all can't see the video <laughs> Trust me, thank God. <laughs> I, was say, I was thinking that earlier as, like, Dana and I were just, like, randomly, like, looking at things on ourselves. We're like, oh, I got a bruise there. I'm like, if people could see it as we're talking, we're like, yeah, and this really deep conversation, you're like, hmm. <laughs> but I am grateful that my new Xbox uh, Series X came this week, and I was able to start Woo! playing Diablo 4. <laughs> you don't... I literally, because it came on Wednesday, and I had gotten the notice that it was finally, because it was supposed to, it it had gotten stupid delayed, so it wasn't going to be here till the 8th on Thursday. And then all of a sudden, I refreshed the thing. It was like, oh, it's on the truck. It's on to be delivered. I'm like, and then, of course, my mom got a message from her friend who was like, oh, hey, we can move up your uh, your appointment. Do you want to come in earlier? I'm like, yay. Oh, I was like, I'm going to be gone, and that's when they're going to deliver it. We stalled a little bit. My mom came out late. I'm like, okay, time to get in the car. As we're getting in the car, I turn around. I start jumping, literally jumping for joy. As I'm like, the FedEx man, the FedEx man, the FedEx man. My mom looked at me and went, what the hell is wrong with you? I'm like, oh boy, oh boy, oh boy, the FedEx man is here. I'm like, get in the car. We're not leaving yet. She was like, fine. The FedEx man's like, why are you hugging me? (laughs) He literally, I was sitting there waiting. It was like having the ice cream man drive up. I'm just sitting there. My mom was looking at me like, she's like, you're a dumbass. The guy oh came up. Oh, my God. The ice, cream, the ice cream lady drove down our street yesterday. I swear that bitch was booking 50. <laughs> like, the music was like. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, how the kids going to run after her? <laughs> just, just see, see him on the microphone. Run, fatty, run. <laughs> Earn that ice cream. Feel the I burn. Mean, I'm I have dairy issues, so I'm not running, but I'm sure there were some kids in the neighborhood that may have wanted a treat. <laughs> I can remember there was a smart ice cream truck in South Windsor back when I was still in high school. Many years ago now. Not as many as you two. Uh-huh. Uh, 
frick. There was Boom. no ice cream truck. We had Dickie D. He pedaled ass. Yeah, right? Oh, yeah. I remember hearing about that from my mom. <laughs> yeah, he pedaled a bike, man. <laughs> a bike with a fucking freezer on the front of it. Yep. Well, there was a guy who had just gotten the ice cream truck, like, all of my childhood, I'd never seen one. And all of a sudden, when I'm in, like, my last two years of high school, this ice cream truck was smart. Every lunch period, that fucker drove up to the front of Massey and went, would you kid like some ice cream? We were like, yeah, we do. Give us all the ice cream. And you're like, <laughs> fuck my lunch. Give me, give me the ice cream. <laughs> Literally, everyone would be waiting out on the side of the road. We're like, ice cream dude's coming soon. <laughs> Guy made so much money off of us. It's like, you didn't have to do any of the other roads. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah so that's what i'm grateful for <laughs> the ice cream excellent. man excellent so yes and as a usual reminder our email i forgot completely what i was saying at that point it all left all at once the brain fog went uh our email is depressedbreakfastclub at gmail.com you can also find us on Facebook under the same name. You can also find us on Twitter and TikTok from Dana, which is under Scooby71. Yes? Yeah, Yeah. I got it this time, (laughs) motherfucker. (laughs) Yeah! Now I'm grateful for that. (laughs) And then you can also find it posted on my, um, my personal, what is this thing called? Instagram under goddesstaytay25. I think that's awesome. I listed all of them, yes? Yes. And then next week is either going to be, let me scroll down here just to take a quick little looksy low. It's either going to be uh, having a guest speaker talk to us about um, men's mental health versus women, specifically a friend of mine from the States who said that, hell yeah, he'd love to talk about it. Beautiful. And and if he can't make it, then it's instead going to be the, uh, the wonderful chipper uh, topic of death. That'll be uplifting. Oh, yeah, baby. Let's go raise the roof. (laughs) All right. Well, as always, uh, you can find our main podcast on podomatic.com. We are going to be archiving some of our earlier episodes as we're running out of space. Um, We talk too much. (laughs) We do. But but that's fine. Um, we'll we'll provide a link to the archived episodes. Uh, they'll be on a Google Doc, anyways. Um, so yeah, head on over to Podomatic.com. Uh, register. It doesn't cost you anything, and then you can you can throw us a like. You can throw us a comment on our actual podcast. Um, our podcast gets shared out onto eleven different listening platforms. Um, Spotify. Apple, um, Google. So, yeah, um, you can find us anywhere. Just search Depressed Breakfast Club. And uh, we appreciate all the support, all the likes, all the love. Send us emails. We'd love to hear from you. Just a small shout-out to um, who I think could possibly be our biggest fan. And we'll just go by Moonbeam. We thank yes. you for your kind words, your um, your comments, and your emails. We uh, I think we may we we may find a time when you have a moment, and we'll have you on the show, and we'll uh, we'll talk to you about some stuff. Mm-hmm. Love to do that. 
So uh, hugs to everyone. Have a wonderful week. Enjoy enjoy the weather. Um, Strawberry Fest for those who live here. Yeah, Strawberry Fest in LaSalle is today and tomorrow. Um, Also, if you're out camping, please, please be mindful the fact that 95% of Canada is on fire right now. Mm-hmm. Um, I know it's fun to make the s'mores. Don't don't light a fire. Just please don't light a fire. Our air quality sucks. Um, New York is orange because Canada can't get their shit together. We're a nation that apologizes for everything. And to our U.S. friends, we are so, so sorry. We are smoking you guys out. So, yeah, if, if if you're camping, just calm down on the fires, please, until shit gets under control. Let's not burn our nation down just yet. Brett's <laughs> <laughs> a little young for that. So ha- have a splendid week, everyone, and we'll talk to you next week. Ciao. America.